Hey there, welcome to the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour on BehindTheSilkCurtain.com. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm Chris Pugh, got Joe Frost and Paul Yancheck. Joe, how you doing? Doing great. A little sleepy. It's been a long day. And uh, my production of Christmas Carol at New Stage Theater in Jackson, Mississippi opens tomorrow morning for school children. Oh, so wow. I should be in bed right now, but okay. I'm not. I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And trying, for that to, commercial there? and trying not to cry out loud. Okay. <laughs> Joe is our usual eternal optimist. I thought Joe was going to be like, hey, they got another yeah, one. Hey, don't I sound optimistic right now? Yeah. That's all I have to do is sound it because we're audio only. And Paul, how are you surviving tonight? Uh, it's been a couple days since a uh, rough loss by the Steelers. Are you over? I'm it, sad. Yeah. I'm sad. The Steelers are bad, and that makes me sad. And not mad? Yes. <laughs> Certainly not glad. Uh, not mad. I mean, I... If they win, yeah, I'd be I'd, rad. I'd save that for another day. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting a lot this season, so I'm not mad. So, I'll put it that way. All right. Well, as you know, Sunday was a rough day. Um, Pittsburgh lost uh, to Cincinnati 41-10. to uh, Talking to a friend about it, uh, after the game, and I don't know. I mean, I was hoping for a win from the Steelers. Uh, I was hoping that if they didn't win, at least it'd be a competitive game, and clearly it wasn't a competitive game. Steelers uh, so just, I mean, it was 41 to 3. So, you know, what do you do? Some people have therapy sessions, some people talk it out, some people, you know, hold hands and say kumbaya or whatever. We'd like to just look ahead at the next game and say, why are we better than the other team? Why is our city better than the other team? And we just say icky things. It just makes us all feel better. It's really what brings us together as the three of us, as well as Steelers Nation together. And, hey, it's going to be okay. Uh, check out our show for the next half hour. Let us know what you think. Um, so, hey, point of order. You said oh, we had three. Yeah. We got ten, thank you. We had a garbage time touchdown. Don't deny yes. us that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Garbage I, I time, it's still time. Yes. <laughs> it was in 60 minutes. So, hey, the score 10, it was all right. So, all right. Well, hey, um, this weekend, Pittsburgh hosts Baltimore. Um, it's the 425 game. Apparently, it's the national uh, televised game. It wasn't, you know, flexed out. So, we got some national TV Steelers against Ravens. It's at Pittsburgh. And uh, we'll talk about how the Steelers could win it. But beforehand, let's um, rip Baltimore and the Ravens. And, you know, hey, this shouldn't be that hard. There's a ton of uh, stuff that we don't like about Baltimore. Uh, I want to first go to some of the original gangsters of the Ravens and guys I don't like. Um, you know, I'll tell you guys, in my opinion, the rivalry has gotten a little bit nicer now. Um, I think that, you know, the Steelers and Ravens still don't like each other. You know, there's a lot of building animosity, but there's no, it's nothing like it used to be because remember the days when the Ravens had Ray Lewis and Ray didn't like the Steelers and the Steelers didn't like Ray Lewis and Bart Scott, remember him. I mean, you know, lots of icky things to say about the Steelers. It's not what it used to be. Um, 
I don't think the Ravens right now have those outspoken people. Uh, I'm sure, you know, maybe somebody over there would fill up a, a notebook of things they could say bad about the Steelers. I just don't see it right now. And I, in my opinion, I think Ray Lewis and Bart Scott are those consummate, hey, you know, trash talkers that makes it easy for other teams to hate them. And that's why we dislike them as Steelers fans. Um, Joe, what do you think about Bart Scott and Ray Lewis? I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, yeah, those years where uh, there were everybody was a lot more vocal of uh, this rival in, in this rivalry. It was uh, it made it a very different thing. A lot of those people are not around anymore, like you say. So I don't know. I don't know if I look back on those days fondly at all. Uh, it was definitely very frustrating because it was always a very hard fought game. Uh, I think the Ravens game for the Steelers was in the years before those horrible Cincinnati games where you couldn't come through it without eight people getting injured. That was the Ravens games during that era with Ray Lewis and Bart Scott and all those guys. So there's all the trash talking, but then there was the dirty play that was always so much more frustrating <laughs> during those years. Very true. Paul, your thoughts about Bart Scott and Ray Lewis? Yeah, I think what Joe mentioned that the dirty play, and I think with a lot of the rule changes in the NFL, I think that's diminishing some of the dirty play and some of the taunting. And so I think that's taking some of the edge off of that rivalry. Because um, yeah, I think there's, there's more of a culture between teams uh, – uh, as Mike Tomlin always says, respecting the opponent. And so, I, yeah, I mean, that nobody did it dirtier than Lewis and Scott. And, you know, it's the game is shifting. Uh, there's not going to be the quite the level of angst and animosity. Um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but, yeah, it's – yeah, I'm, I'm glad well, those guys can... aren't playing it. I will say that we can definitely look back on those years with frustration and annoyance and hate. Yeah. Here's the other thing that strikes me about that rivalry. It's definitely still a rivalry right now, but you know, the Steelers have actually played the Ravens better in recent years. They haven't won every game, but even last year, Steelers won both games in the regular season. Uh, They played pretty well against Lamar Jackson. So, you know, yeah, there's hope, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but let's get back to number two, two of the reasons why uh, we don't like the Ravens. Um, we talk Ravens quarterbacks and Joe Flacco. Remember old Joe? When Joe first came to the Ravens, I know there was some talk, hey, he's kind of like Big Ben. He's from a small college. Uh, he's got that you know homegrown story. Man, he could be like Big Ben. Uh, he's 10% of the quarterback that Big Ben ever was. Um, the thing that strikes me about Joe Flacco, if you remember the year that they won the Super Bowl with Flacco, Flacco got high, and he had a good run in the playoffs. Probably played the best games he's played by far as an NFL quarterback, and that's been it after that. Because remember, after that year where he won the Super Bowl, he got signed a massive contract by the Ravens. And as a Steelers fan, I was happy because I looked at it and said, they're going to sink because their side cap got wrapped up in Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco kind of brought the Ravens down. I mean, he never was that quarterback afterwards. 
Um, he did beat the Steelers on certain games. I'm not saying that Flacco had has done nothing good for the Ravens, but you know when you look at Flacco versus Big Ben, I mean Big Ben got the best out Flacco time and time again, and I really disliked uh, Flacco because I remember a couple times Flacco got over on Big Ben, and it was frustrating. Going, how can you guys let this happen? I mean, Big Ben comes in a lot better than Joe Flacco, so. I, I dislike him not because he was such a great quarterback. I dislike him for the few times he actually got over on the Steelers. What's your thoughts on Joe Flacco? I mean, sharing his first name, Joe. <laughs> well, I can't take credit for everybody who has my same first name. Okay. That's just far too many people. So it really but it makes you the Joe expert. It does? Oh. Yes. Oh. Well, I've only met him a couple of times at the Joe meetings. Well, um, <laughs> Yeah, like you said, uh, his best games were games against the Steelers, really, uh, and and surviving a, a year and doing what needed to be done and handing the ball over to the people who <laughs> needed the ball in their hands uh, served him well and got him a giant contract, but it just never was the same after that. So yeah, he kind of it kind of cost them the rest of the team. He's still playing, right? Didn't he just get signed by the Jets? For a second time, again, yeah. So yeah. he's still he's still playing, uh, and may see some starting role because there's been a lot of injuries over there and whatever. So I guess that's why they picked him up. But certainly, still not playing for that same team that they they, they had to move on. So yeah, well, he actually um, got signed at the beginning of the year by the Eagles, and he. Right. Literally had a little game action against the Steelers during one of the preseason games, and he ended up getting traded to the Jets. And as Paul said, second time with the Jets. So, yeah, yeah, he's still. Yeah, like, whenever you didn't learn your lesson with the Jets the first time, yeah, you have to question <laughs> his decision making. And I don't mean on the field, I mean like <laughs> off the field in the office where you signed that contract. When he was like, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sign this contract again. What do you, what are you thinking, man? Do you not see? <laughs> The Jets? Well, and I think part of your legacy, I know some of the best NFL quarterbacks have gone from one team to another. You look like Brett Favre and, and Joe Montana. You know, they didn't always start and end their career for the same team or Peyton Manning. But they all, all those guys excelled and did good things for the new team. Joe Flacco, it sounds like Joe Flacco will play everywhere before he's ready to retire. And you know, whenever the end of Big Ben's career comes, yeah, you know, I, I don't see Big Ben as, you know, playing second-string quarterback for the Colts or something. You know what I mean? I I, I think Joe Flacco's taking that to a really big extreme. That I can't see Big Ben do it. Uh, but, hey, Paul, what's your thoughts on Joe Flacco? I mean, he's the boring Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, yeah. he, he doesn't it's have – like Fitzpatrick without the magic. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's going to be that game every once in a while where it's like, wow, he's really good. But the rest of the time, it's like, eh, he's more propped up by the weapons around him. And he's just the boring. I mean, he doesn't have the big bushy beard, doesn't wear all the bling. So he's just the, the boring version of Fitzpatrick without the as exciting upside. Um, Instead of it's magic, it's like Flacco's uh, card tricks. Yes. Well put. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. So, yeah, I mean, 
because I mean, he had such a great team around him that, you know, it, kind of that last of the just don't mess it up kind of quarterbacks. And, you know, he had those uh, some games in there where he made some things happen. But all in all, I mean, obviously he's he's kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, which I think that kind of shows where he's falling in the tiers of quarterbacks. Definitely. Um, let's get to another reason before a break. And I might get in trouble for this. I don't live in Baltimore. I haven't visited Baltimore various Baltimore. times. But Baltimore. here's my That's issue. how it's pronounced there. Baltimore. We'll get to the non-sports version. There's things to do in every city you go to. Like, Detroit has things Eh. to do. But I'm trying to think of that one thing that if you decide to move to Baltimore, you know, and again, if you got a nice job, okay, you, you go there, whatever. But what is one thing that you would want to move to Baltimore? You know, if, if Joe said, guys, I'm moving to Baltimore, and we're like, wow, why? There's not that one answer that you would say, well, it's this <laughs> or it's seafood. <laughs> Brain I mean, damage? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> of that one thing. And because you can say that, but I've cities. lost all hope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be, man. And, and, you know, maybe if Joe Flacco was a guest on this show, he would say, guys, I went to Baltimore because I had a couple good games and they overpaid me. Wouldn't you take a ton of money if somebody overpaid you? And, and maybe I'd say, yeah, Joe, I guess I would. What would I do? But I mean, maybe I, Flacco really had a crab cake addiction and that's the real yeah. story. Well, I mean, if somebody pays you 50 times what you're worth, I mean, you're going to take that job if it's in Baltimore or, or Detroit or wherever. And, and you know, so. Maybe we should follow Joe Flacco's lead because I can't sit here and tell you what's one thing that draws you to Baltimore. I mean, the only thing I could think of was I was a big fan of Oriole Park at Camden Yards when it first got made. You know, what an impressive stadium and everything. But the Orioles said, man, we like our stadium so much, we're going to fill it with crappy single-A players because the Orioles have just stunk big time since then. So unless you just like going to say watch a bad team, I mean, Joe, help me out. Where, why do we need to go to Baltimore to spend a day or two, let alone a lifetime? So I looked up like great things to do in Baltimore. Yeah. And like the top three or four things involved like harbor cruises. It's like take a harbor cruise for dinner. And the number two thing, a harbor cruise for lunch. I think it was the same company. Like, there's one thing to do and do harbor cruises and eat seafood. Uh, somewhere fairly high on the list, it might have been the, in the top five things to do when you're in Baltimore, was take a day trip to D.C. So literally one of the best things to do in Baltimore is leave town. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at... I, I did a search for Baltimore, and, like, the top news will come up. And obviously news isn't always fun and everything, but I'm looking at the top three stories in Baltimore right now. Mm-hmm. It's a unsolved um, murder from about 40 years ago. Nice. Um, hey, the Baltimore mayor is still considered a hostile actor by police despite increase in funding. And Lamar Jackson says, hey, it looks like a rookie against the Browns when I threw four picks. 
So that's the stories of Baltimore. There's nothing like, wow, there's great things going in the city, or look at what that mayor's doing. I mean, you know, they're calling them corrupt. We're doing unsolved murders, and we're talking about how Lamar Jackson hasn't proven himself. I mean, that's... Huh. They have that cake guy from the Food Network. A cake guy? Really? The who, cake guy. That? Duff, some, the Duffy something, or that... Not the cake he makes all the Different no, cake guy. No, 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 no. Different that, cake that's guy. Not, that's not Baltimore. That's Jersey. Different Baltimore. Different cake guy. They shot the no, wire the, there. The, the move. The show. The wire. That was pretty good. Yeah. The, but... the different. The other. The other cake guy is. He's Baltimore. Okay. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe lived and died in in Baltimore, and it bo- still bothers me because I think if he had lived in Pittsburgh, he'd still be alive today. Right. And Can you just, visit his grave there? Where, yeah. Where's his grave? Well, it's there you there. go. It's there in Baltimore. Well, and, and that was the motivation. The cemetery. Well, and that was the motivation for the Raven name. I mean, when the Ravens moved to Baltimore from Cleveland, and you think about it, and again, I like the Steelers' nickname. It's a tribute to the steel work in the city. Tough, hardworking, lunch pail guys, which... For the most time, they show it. They didn't show it Sunday against the Bengals, but that's another story. But what I'm saying is, what yeah, we're not talking good... about that anymore. That that's uh, that week is over, right? But what a good <laughs> name for a team. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if we were sitting here on a Ravens podcast saying, "Well, the Ravens have a great nickname. Uh, it was a old literary work, and we basing our whole name on a literary work." I mean, that's what the Ravens have to say. Their name is based on a raven from Edgar Allan Poe writing. That's what they got to hang their hat on. And I agree Mm -hmm. with you, Joe. Like the Wire and like the Orioles, everything gets worse than Baltimore. I mean, you know, Edgar Allan Poe wrote nothing else after the raven. That was great. He wrote several things. I'm saying that 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 town killed him. Right. That and alcoholism. But, you know, mostly Baltimore. It killed his creativity. If I had to live there, I'd drink a lot too. Right. I mean, it killed, it killed his creativity. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. If we had Mr. Rogers. I apologize. Right. <laughs> Headline alerts. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you can't with a straight face sit there and say, well, Baltimore is a better city than Pittsburgh. I mean, come on. I, I think even the head of the Chamber of Commerce couldn't say that. So I, I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it's very tough. Well, <laughs> I, I'm seeing by looking at time. We need to go to the break. So, hey, we're yep. going to go to break um, and bring back more of the Pittsburgh Center Power Half Hour on BehindTheSnowCurtain.com. We'll be right back. Woo! I was about to give up when I saw you coming outside the door. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, to the uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. And as we said before, and, and Joe's right, we, we can't talk about this anymore, uh, but it was a tough game for Steelers fans on Sunday, uh, rough times against the Bengals. And, you know, we've got to bring Steelers Nation together. And I don't know how you do it. I mean, 
you can't be yelling about Big Ben or other players. We gotta be unified in our hatred of other teams. And we hate the Ravens, we hate Baltimore. So we're just going through and mentioning five of the probably five hundred billion reasons why Pittsburgh and the Steelers are better than Baltimore and the Ravens. Uh so far we've talked about our old school favorite, Bart Scott and Ray Lewis. They talked a lot of trash. And it was annoying. It was fun when the Steelers got over on them. Uh, we also talked about Joe Flacco. He was supposed to be the next Big Ben. But he's, again, 10% of the quarterback Big Ben ever was. And he parlayed probably the two or three best games he's ever played in the playoffs to a big contract that salved the Ravens and made them bad. So, we, you know, we don't like Joe Flacco. And we just, what has Baltimore provided as a city? I'll hold. I'll wait for an answer. I mean, we're talking probably the three best things are things that have just degraded as time. Uh, when you look at Edgar Allan Poe, you look at the Orioles, you look at the Wire. The Wire got worse as the series went on. It started out as a nice, gritty drama, but, you know. The I thought fact- you were going to say it was like a nice family drama. Yes. <laughs> the, it was such a pleasant story, and by the land, my was all these murders and whatever else. Like, yeah. did you watch the first season of The Wire? Okay. Yeah, my nine-year-old and I sit there and watch The Wire. <laughs> watch oh, The Wire. It brings the family <laughs> together. But, you know, The Wire, the first year, was a really good show. It, 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 but it, again, basically, all of it was, was really good. I mean, the oh, last yeah. seasons weren't as great as the first season, but... Right. Because Baltimore do, does that to you. Baltimore saps <laughs> It was no Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Yeah, it saps your, your quality and creativity. Once once Idris Elba was no longer on the show, it's just not the same thing. Right. And you can say more Idris. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. You know, we're, we're known as these guys from Ohio. We all have roots in Ohio and everything. Um, you know, it's got nothing to do with the Browns moving out of town. Hey. Baltimore, take the Browns. It, it the doesn't Browns, have anything yeah. to do with it? Okay, oh, sure. All right. <laughs> hey, I smiled because I grew up in Canton, Ohio. I didn't get a chance to watch the Steelers as much. And when the Browns moved, they showed more Steelers games. So yep. I was like, great. Get out of town, Browns. I mean, let's you know, let's just see more Steelers games on my local TV. That's how I felt. It was great. Yeah, it was a good couple years before, until the Browns came back. It, it, it was great. So, all right. Well, hey, um, we our fans tell us they love us when we talk for over ten minutes about a topic. So we got to keep them happy and move on to the next topic. Uh, so yeah, let's go to number four. This is a weird one for me because I gotta confess something. I liked Lamar Jackson coming out of college. Uh, you remember a couple years ago. Uh, just a infamous night. The Steelers had the opportunity to pick Lamar Jackson in the first round, but instead they said, "Hey, we're going to pick one Terrell Edmonds in the first round, the guy that may have been available in the third or fourth round." And Lamar Jackson was out there. The Ravens traded back into the first round. They picked up Lamar Jackson. I've got a love hate relationship with Lamar. Um, I think he. You know, who do you learn from? Joe Flacco. That just hampered his development. I mean, what does Joe Flacco have to help a young quarterback? Um, The other thing is the Ravens never have had good receivers. Now, we can say a lot of icky things about the way 
some of the Steelers receivers that have played this season, but the Steelers have a vastly um, better receiving core than the Ravens do. The Ravens have never really helped um, Lamar Jackson with receivers. Um, yeah, he's had decent running backs. He's never had a stud running back. So the Ravens seem to appear to be doing all they can to just hamper, you know, Lamar Jackson. And I think that's, you know, Lamar Jackson's a good deep thrower. Uh, he hasn't really developed as a, a short passer and everything. Um, so, you know, for everything that Lamar Jackson's done, he's won MVP. I think there's things that he hasn't been better than. And I kind of wonder, guys, what would have happened if the Steelers would have done the right thing, drafted Lamar Jackson number one, and sat him down behind Big Ben for a year or two. Big Ben teaches Lamar Jackson. Where would the Steelers have been now? It just makes me think about that. But I put Lamar Jackson on this list because I have a weird love-hate relationship with him. Joe, what do you think about Lamar Jackson? Uh... Yeah, I, I made a, some statements about Lamar Jackson on Twitter a couple weeks ago and got myself in a little bit of trouble with the entire city of Baltimore and I think most of the state of Maryland. Um, mostly because I, I'm I'm concerned because the the quarterbacks that have played that style do not have longevity, and it usually becomes comes from a particular point where they're it's a they're in a running situation they're fighting for those extra yards the way you want a good runner to do and the inevitable occurs there's some type of injury and then when they, when they come back from that injury they're never quite the same uh, since so much of their game has been their mobility. That has yet to happen to Lamar Jackson and I don't want it to happen to Lamar Jackson but I I'm 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 scared that the hands of time will are tick tick ticking away <laughs> and that it's 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 likely to happen at some point. Um what was it uh, a couple weeks ago I was watching a I was watching a game and I can't remember which young quarterback it was. I don't know if it was uh Herbert or if it was someone else who was able to gain a lot of yards by by scrambling and running and usually it was wide open field and it wasn't hard running and that quarterback always you know s slid in and you know gave up before getting into a, a serious contact situation even if maybe you could have fought for that first down but it's you know you, you still have another down you have another shot at it so he didn't take any huge risks in terms of contact or anything and that was just such a smart way of going about playing the position, even when you have mobility, even when you have open running lanes, you don't put yourself in the position where you're going to have to slam against a couple of linebackers just to fight for an extra yard when it's going to hurt the longevity. So it just makes me nervous to watch him when I'm watching Ravens uh, footage, when it's uh, a game that the, the Steelers are not playing, he just makes me anxious because I'm so worried that it's going to happen. He's got that heart of a, a competitor, and I can admire that, but I'm so worried that it's not, it, it can't last forever. Uh, and Big, Big yeah. Ben never had the speed that Lamar had, but Big, oh, Big no. Ben used to be a more reckless runner. Yeah. And he, he's learned. And again, I, I kind of wonder. Would he have learned sitting behind the Big Ben? 
Because you know what could Lamar Jackson? Well, what can Joe I don't, Flacco? I don't know if anybody would have learned sitting behind Big Ben and watching him play that his his style of recklessness from from his youth was so extending plays in ways that just you should not be extended. Like just throw the ball away. Like that's the smart thing to do. And Ben wouldn't do that. He was a Brett Favre style backyard player, just slinging the ball and throwing your body around and just being crazy. Uh, and that, that all that had to slow down as, as he got older. Um, but, but, I guess what but occasionally is, he'll still do it. <laughs> like what are but, you doing, man? By the time Lamar Jackson came into the NFL, Big Ben was starting to play like that. You know what I mean? I mean I'm not saying now if Lamar Jackson watched Big Ben as a kid, yeah, you're right. He was reckless. But I think by the time Lamar Jackson hit the NFL, Big Ben could have said, Hey, I used to be that reckless guy, but hey, I learned you gotta get rid of the ball quick. And, and I think that's what extended Big Ben's career for a couple I'm not, of years. I'm not I'm not as convinced of that as you are because he did sit behind Joe Flacco, right. who was the king of managing the game and not putting yourself into the reckless positions, that had no effect on Lamar Jackson whatsoever. Right, but Flacco had, like, probably 10% of the arm that, you know, and the skill that Lamar Jackson brought to the table. Well, I I mean, you know, I mean, Joe Flacco could be the nicest guy in the world. Joe Flacco could be a great teacher. But you almost have to say, hey, look, I could do this. You know I mean? He almost had to get to respect, and I, you know, how can you respect Joe Flacco's ability? Well, you mentioned how, you know, imagine Lamar having a chance to learn from Big Ben. And I, I would just clarify that, that Ben would have taught him nothing, just like he has not taught Mason a thing. I mean, they look like they have this, like, lifelong feud when you watch him on the sidelines. Uh, ben is not invested in Mason at all. So Lamar would still be holding a clipboard. Uh, as Ben goes out there, not having learned to play smarter, just physically without a walker, he can't make those kind of runs anymore. Um, so yeah, he would still Lamar would still be sitting on the bench waiting for someday his time to come. You know, I, I think the thing with Mason Rudolph, I look at Mason Rudolph as a guy who potentially could be a good backup in the NFL. I mean, I think that's where I see his career arc because he's not unlike Landry Jones. Uh, Landry Jones was a turnover machine. I mean, Landry could turn the ball over with the best of them. Mason hasn't done that. I don't think Mason's a great quarterback, but I like a backup that doesn't turn the ball over, and Mason at least doesn't turn the ball over a lot, where you know he might be able to win that game like a time or two when your franchise quarterback goes down. And I'm wondering, and again, I'm just putting the words in people's mouth. I haven't talked to Ben or Mason about this. But I'm wondering if part of the problem was, I think Ben realized that. You know, he's like, who is this guy? And this guy got drafted in the fourth round. You know, he's not the franchise quarterback. I don't know. But then you can make the argument, argument too, is if Lamar Jackson got drafted – in the first round, you say, okay, that means Ben's only going to be here for another year or two. His first round draft picks usually get to play, you know, so. I, I mean, you raise a good point. I, I'm not sure if Ben at that time would have been a good teacher. I got frustrated because I never really saw Mason Rudolph as that franchise-type quarterback, so maybe I'm over-evaluating how Ben would be as a teacher, but you know, the hope would yeah, be is... Well, all the yeah. media here is 
very much sold on the fact that Ben was offended that they picked Mason as the heir apparent, and he was like, I ain't helping this kid at all. Well, and I think the worst thing they could have done is it made them look foolish is when it got out that they put a first-round draft pick great on Mason. Because they're like, oh, wow, we got this guy in the fourth round, and wow, this is great. When actually Mason was a slightly better Landry Jones. And, you know, they got Landry Jones about that same, you know, draft level. So, I don't know. I, I'm just hoping they use better judgment whenever they pick their next quarterback <laughs> in the draft and when they've had in the past. So, all right. What's number well, five? Good question. Um, yeah, we're looking at number five and. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. I used to love those. <laughs> it definitely is a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, you know, we've the fifth thing I came up with was how the Ravens barely beat a bunch of bad teams this year. And let's go back to our conversations last year. We we had a podcast last year about the Steelers where we kind of went through the Steelers season. And I got to admit, we made a mistake. If you listen to some of these old episodes – you know, the Steelers started the year 11-0, and you look at the Steelers, you say, wow, they're a resilient team. They found ways of winning, you know. Because you look at the Steelers, when they won the first 11 games, I think 10 of them were by a touchdown or less. They didn't win a lot of games by a ton of points. Um, so we said, look, they're good. They're finding ways of winning. Well, we find out they weren't that good, and – when they faced hard times, they just didn't, you know, stick around. Well, I'm looking at the Ravens as last year's Steelers. They're, they've won eight. They've lost three. They've, um, you know, won games that they probably shouldn't have. But they're winning a lot of games close. Like, you know, there's a lot of games they probably should have lost. I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to stick around for a long time. And I just... As a Steelers supporter, I get frustrated because I want the Ravens to lose so the Steelers can get back in the division, and they screw around and they win a lot of games by a little points. That frustrates me. Joe, are you frustrated by the Ravens this year? I am, and that's actually the statement that got me in trouble. I, you know, I, really? I, I made a comment on uh, somebody else's Twitter feed, just being frustrated with Ravens play this year. Uh, it is terrible for three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, they just turn Lamar Jackson loose, and he scores a whole bunch of points, gets a whole bunch of yards, while everybody's playing prevent defense, which is the here's free yards defense. Um, and so it builds up all of these numbers on this stellar play of Lamar Jackson. And it all comes from the fourth quarter with these comebacks where everybody's playing prevent defense. Yeah. Uh, and, and other teams are letting them back into games that they really had been completely out of for three quarters. Uh, and, you know, some of the points that were, were being made back at me were, oh, yeah, every single team for the whole year has let them back in. No, they're going out and getting it. That's kind of the difference that I'm seeing with this year's Ravens versus the Steelers of last year who were 
winning games by a touchdown, there's a lot of cases where they were the 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 Steelers last year would get leads and hang on to them. I seem to remember at least three or four games that came down to a defensive stop at the end, not the offense going out there and imposing their will on the other team. It's the defense capitalizing on mistakes that the other that the other teams were making. Whereas the Ravens are are cardiac kids. They're coming back uh, and and scoring a lot of points in the fourth quarters in order to keep them into games and winning games by that last second touchdown or field goal. And the crazy inconsistency of um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he had a game a couple weeks ago. Where well, he- and the people around him, too. Like, yeah. he doesn't have a great crew around him. So he's trying to get keep everybody involved, and then it's not working. So he turns on the Jets. Well, he had a game a couple weeks ago. We had like over 400 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, and near perfect quarterback rating. And then you compare that a couple weeks later, he plays the Browns on on Sunday night football, and the Browns are a hot mess. He throws four picks, and they barely win the game. And I think it was like one of the first wins in a long time where a quarterback in the NFL threw four picks and he still won. Now, it tells me the Ravens aren't that great. It tells me that Lamar Jackson is so consistent. The, the, the Browns are even worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's really where <laughs> How do you down. get four picks and lose the game? What is wrong with <laughs> you? What are you doing? And obviously the team we're talking about has been a hot mess lately. But they're still sticking around. And, again, I wouldn't bet the house that the Sears are going to the Super Bowl this year by far. But it's amazing. Nobody in the AFC is running away, which is just crazy. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Ravens' lack of consistency, I guess, Paul? Well, I they frustrate me in that playing this way has them in first place, whereas the Steelers are basically playing the exact same way, but we're not getting the wins. I mean, yeah. the Chargers game, that's exactly what the Steelers did. This fury in the fourth quarter that came up short. We had to, uh, the Steelers had to fight and claw to come up with a tie against the Lions. Um, fight and claw to squeak out a win against the Bears. Um, so the Steelers are very much playing the same kind of football, but the Ravens are pulling out wins and the Steelers not necessarily as much. I mean, you look at who's playing the best now in the AFC. You can make argument for New England, and again, I'm not. Supporting New England, uh, but New, New England's guy, rookie quarterback, is he going to be able to keep this up for the year? I don't. I, I wouldn't bet money. And the team that we all cast off for dead early in the year, Kansas City, might be playing the best in the AFC too, which is weird. And I, I'm not saying KC's caught fire. I mean, KC has they've got all kinds of players playing well below their abilities. I mean, Travis Kelsey, it's been a horrible year for him. So it's just a very strange AFC, uh, to say the least. Now, one guy that we overlooked, and I want to mention him, but we can talk more about him later in the year when the Ravens and the Sewers play again. Uh, John Harbaugh, I don't know. He doesn't bother me because I don't think he's relevant to me as much, but I, I think we got to mention, because if we don't, people are going to be like, why didn't you mention John Harbaugh? I'll tell you, being from Ohio, my goodness, the Harbaugh has a horrible name to people in Ohio. Because look, Jim Harbaugh beat Ohio State uh, with Michigan over the weekend. 
and John Harbaugh beat the Browns with the Ravens over the weekend. So everyone in the Har- Ohio doesn't like the Harbaugh's, and the Harbaugh's originally from Ohio. So I bet they won't be welcome back in Ohio if they have their Christmas celebration in Ohio. I don't know. Um, any general thoughts about the Harbaugh's before we move on? No, I, I, I still can't forgive him for that whole COVID debacle last year of, oh, <laughs> we're a little sick. Can we push the game back? Oh, can we move it a couple days? Yeah, they moved that the game ridiculous. around like 50 times. It, it was outrageous. Um, Ruin and, the momentum. Joe, I like that scowl. He has that anguished look on his face. Like when he does like a call, you know, it's like, you know, you know just weird, sad look on his face. Um, like, do you think he's going to cry? I don't know. <laughs> I think you learned coaching off Vince Lombardi. Remember that sad little man that we talked about earlier this year? <laughs> I, I, have no no yeah. I have no re- recollection of that sad little man. Oh, <laughs> man. Come yeah, on. What a relevant coach. <laughs> All right, well, let's close this. And we got to be honest. We've been asked to each week at the end of the time to say, hey, what hope do we have for the Steelers? How do we think they can pull it off? And I got to be honest, it's it's going to be a tall order. Um, now, again, we are taping this on Wednesday. The game's on Sunday. Um, it looks like, um, you know, TJ Watt's in the protocol. Um, they're saying TJ Watt probably won't play. Um, so I, I guess we got to uh, look at that way. Um, it's difficult for the Steelers to win without TJ Watt. And I know the defense struggled with T.J. Watt last week, but to take T.J. Watt off the mix is going to make it um, even more difficult. I, You know, but what struck me about the Steelers was they couldn't get the running game going. Uh, obviously, you get behind and you can't, you know, run the ball a lot. But, you know, the running game didn't do much, and what's stunning is how their run defense didn't do a lot. So – what they have to do, and it's going to be a tough task, they're going to have to be able to run on the Ravens and stop the Ravens' running game. And the Steelers have had trouble stopping a lot of running games this year. So it's a tall order, but I guess to answer the question that we've been asked to answer, that's how they would have to do it if they would hope to win the game. And, again, it's going to be a tall order. So you're saying when pigs fly. (laughs) Well, but I'll tell you this. I remember a game a couple years ago where the Steelers started the game with Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph gets a concussion. They knock him out of the game, and Duck Hodges comes in. And the Steelers play well against, you know, Lamar Jackson. They almost pull off. Lamar Jackson has never really had a great shining moment against the Steelers. So I have a little bit of hope there. But again, you know, Sunday is going to be Steelers team that and all likely will be without T.J. Watt, without stuff onto it, and just a lot of guys there, a, a mixed match. So although they played well against the Ravens in the past with Lamar Jackson, I'm not sure if it's going to continue. Joe, you're the optimist. You're, you know, beforehand you said, I'm betting all my money at the series going to win out. That is not what I said. <laughs> I'm making that is money. not at all what I said. Well, what? well I think – you know, the, the simple things that even that Tomlin would probably tell you is, uh, you know, don't turn over the ball, execute the game plan, 
and play good special teams. Like those are the those are the difference makers. We're talking about two uh, offenses that have played inconsistently, defenses that are both beatable in different ways, and and have all have all been dealing with uh, injuries and COVID reports and all kinds of stuff all season long. So both of these teams are struggling with a lot of those things. Like you said, one of them has been turning the that into W's instead of L's more than the other one. But this the play on the field isn't that far off. So executing, you know, playing those special teams that do tend to light up the the Pittsburgh team when they get those great special teams moments that fires up both the offense and the defense. So winning that special teams battle would be really important and just not turning it over. And so you never know. Uh, Paul, what do you, what needs to happen for us? What needs to happen is the Ravens need to get food poisoning Saturday night. I think that's our best shot. (laughs) Yeah, but they're Uh, in Pittsburgh. So where would they get? food poisoning from maybe they've brought some seafood with them probably off shells yeah it'll be like an airplane scenario whoever ate the fish that's Mm. because i ever since week two um the steelers have not instilled confidence in me um after the bengals game i i predicted their record to be six and five uh, some other optimists had them at seven and four. Uh, it's nothing in the past several weeks has indicated anything other than food poisoning or that magical unicorn. Um, I'll be I'll be the the grumpy old man, but it's it's gonna be tough. The thing that's been frustrating to me was in years past. And you know, maybe Mike Tomlin got too much credit for it, but you know, they would have a clunker. And then they would come back and play well. But they'd say, hey, Mike Tomlin teams don't do that twice in a row. I don't know if that happens. I'm starting to get questions about Mike Tomlin. I'm not saying fire the coach, but it's just, it's been a mess. All right. Well, hey, a little bit of a longer edition of the Pittsburgh Steelers half hour. Uh, I guess it's been a half hour name only this week. But thanks for letting us share. Um, we, we like making fun of Baltimore and the Ravens. We know Sunday is going to be a tall task. But who knows? Maybe the Steelers can pull it off. Um, we'll be hoping for it. We're not sure if we can count it, though. So for Joe Frost, Paul Yanchek, and me, Chris Pugh, we're Ohio guys, and we're rooting for the Steelers. So thanks for checking out the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Have a great night, everybody.